the way this gospel ends is kind of tough, right? The wailing and grinding of teeth and the, the poor guy who didn't do much with his one and got that little that he had taken away and given to the others. So it kind of ends on a down note, and that's what we can kind of stay with. But wait a second. But I think I want to start with this. The master in today's parable stands for Christ, stands for God. And the servant stands for each one of us. And that's the first lesson, I think, that's the overarching lesson. We are servants of God, God's servants. In this fallen world, many people tend to think of themselves not as servant, but as master. Master of my own life, of my own choices, of my own possessions, of what I've achieved. A certain confidence, which is a good thing, but when it's exaggerated, can be false and misleading. And I think we also have a negative view of being a servant. Whenever we hear the parable, we're servants, you're like, that's it? <laughs> like a servant isn't usually something we aspire to be. You ask your high school kid, hey, what are you looking for? Oh, I just want to be a servant. Uh, of what? Oh, restaurant servant, I don't know anything. It's just, I want to serve. We might love that value. Oh, that's great that you have a heart to serve. But you're like, don't you want a little more out of life than to just serve? <laughs> don't you want to lead and possess and and be important and make decisions and influence. Yet, God says, you're servants. And he doesn't say that as, that way I can keep the poor man down, right? <laughs> keep him under my foot, good, they're my servants, in a place where I can control. No, he sees it as, he aspires to be a servant. What did Jesus even characterize himself as? The servant, what's one of the, the titles of the Holy Father. He's the servant of the servants of God. Being a servant is actually a very noble and beautiful thing. It's a noble and beautiful thing to serve. And in fact, the first reading, how do they characterize the beauty of a good wife? He says the husband entrusts her heart to him. What greater treasure does a person have than their heart? their very being, their fears, their, their, their core, their identity, who they are. And as the husband takes that, the most intimate, important thing he has, and he entrusts it to another person, to his wife. And she watches over and protects that. She serves and cares for that, right? That's a noble and beautiful thing. What a risk, what an act of trust and affection to entrust to another, our heart, and to serve and care for that treasure in a respectful and caring way, what a noble and beautiful thing, not to manipulate it, abuse it, use it for my own ends, but to respect the sacred and care for it and give it back to the other, increased, multiplied, cared for, nurtured, growth, right? It's a beautiful thing. Many of you know I spent a lot of time in Europe and especially in Italy. One of the things that always impressed me was how in Italy, being a waiter, a restaurant waiter, people do for their whole life. Like, it's a career. There are men that are 50, 60 years old waiting tables, right? You're like, it's because they value so much food <laughs> and creating an environment for family, bringing people together, they, they value caring for the other, that being a waiter is actually a pretty noble, respected profession. You can make a good living. You're not going to be middle class. You can do well as a waiter, as a servant, right? It's 
It's a beautiful thing to be a servant. The next point is we all have talents, not just to be a servant. We've all been given talents to serve with, right? We've all been given that. Every last one of us have received talents. And if you have that little negative self-speak in your heart, you're like, well, yeah, but not really. Not as much as this person. I'm not as this as they are. I don't do this as well as they do. Put that aside. You have talents. What are the talents that God has given to you? Every one of you have them. What are the talents, the gifts, the treasures that the master says, here, there's five of these. Go do something with it. These are yours. They're mine, but I'm going away and I trust them to you. Like the wife, husband who entrusts his heart to the wife. Here's a talent. Go do something with it. What are those talents we have? Personal skills, personality traits, maybe intelligence, uh, a certain skill, an education, something that I've learned, experience, athleticism, intelligence, entrepreneurship, good people skills, whatever. What are those talents that we have? We all have them. I'd actually challenge you to, to write them down. Write them down. What are the talents I have? So if we don't know those, how can we invest them? <laughs> How can we multiply them? How can we grow them? Right? God's given you all talents. And what he asks and what the parable makes clear is he wants us to multiply them. He wants us to experience success. When the guy came back with five and said, I've made five more seats, like, great. I'd love to see that. That responsibility, that fidelity to take these and multiply them. And you've been faithful with that. Let me give you more. Let me multiply, let me bless that. Right? That's the way God sees talents. Like, I've given you that and you've taken good care of it. You've made something of it with me as an act of love, as an act of service, an act of generosity and trust. Let me bless that. Let me multiply it. To the one with two, he didn't say, well, he only got two. really like the five guy, but meh, good. He says the exact same thing to the guy with two. He says it not because of the number, but because of that attitude. He multiplies it. He grows it. He takes whatever he has, and he grows it. It's to the one who's fearful, who buries, who doesn't value it, who's afraid, who only sees the kind of the risk of the master's attitude of, maybe being demanding or whatever he's seen in him. It's like, no, 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 I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to at least, at the very least, give him back what he gave to me. Not going to do anything with it. Not going to, just going to bury it and stay the same. For that whole time he's away, exactly the same. Because I can't risk it. I don't trust him, what he's going to do to me. That attitude towards the talents and towards the master is what gets condemned. Like, it's almost like, you don't know me? Like, that's, the way, that's what you think of me? That's the way you view me? After all that I shared with you and, and, and given to you and blessed you with, you see me that way? That, that cuts to the heart. If your children come to you 
and tell you, you know what? And all they notice is your defects. <laughs> you know, you're this, and you're that, and you're this. It's like, that's the only thing you see of me? That's where we've come after 15, 20, 30 years of investment? <laughs> In you and loving and caring, that's what you hold on to? You're not, not going to multiply this really because you don't even have the love and the trust that it requires, right? And so to that one, take it. Give it to the one who I can trust, who loves, who, who, built, who, who knows me. Right? It's a relational parable. So brothers and sisters, that's the tragedy of the one who buries. He didn't know the master. And he didn't even know himself. He didn't trust himself. He didn't trust what he could do with what the master had entrusted him with. I'd like to recommend three steps to what I'd say good supernatural investing, right? Taking those talents that God's entrusted to us as any parent entrusts and invests in a child, giving them skills and abilities and growing them so that they can take off and multiply. How do we do that well? First, Identify what our gifts are. Know them. Self-knowledge. Awareness. Know your gifts. And one could say, you know, most of my life I've lived. What good is it to know my gifts? First of all, for gratitude. Right? Know your gifts at any stage of life. Know them. Praise God for them. Give thanks for them. Enjoy them. Look back on how they've multiplied and what blessings have come from that. Give thanks, right? Know your gifts. Even like I said earlier, write them down, right? So we can thank God, right? And if you're earlier on in life, maybe you don't know your gifts, you're still trying to figure it out, what thing do you enjoy most? Especially that guilt-free enjoyment, just that gift, that thing, that skill, whatever that I enjoy, that comes somewhat naturally. What type of activity makes you most excited, passionate, right? What personality characteristic have you always been complimented on? People notice in you and say about you. What have you always dreamed of doing, but maybe afraid to get started? One of the saddest things for me is to run into young people, especially many who are struggling. They don't necessarily see what value they have to offer, what, they, what gifts they have, even in kind of seed form that can grow. Helping young people discover their gifts and talents is a beautiful thing. Because then once they recognize that seed, then they can nurture and grow it and multiply it. So once we know our gifts and we all have them and God's invested them and given them to us so that we can, for our own dignity, our own joy, our own multiplication, bless them, know them. Secondly, be in the right relationship with God. If we have these talents, but they're separated from the source of those talents, if I see them just as my own and get a false sense of confidence or self-security or pride or vanity, seeing myself as the reference point, those seeds aren't going to multiply. Actually, it can become eventually self-destructive, become a real kind of almost that, that pride of, hey, I'm the end of these and the origin of these and I can use them however I want Without a sense of mission, a sense of vocation, a sense of calling, a sense of how can I use these for others. So be in right relationship with God. Get to know him. And if I have a view of him like the third man, 
who didn't invest because I'm afraid or I'm fearful, I don't trust, examine my heart and bring it before him, repent, change my attitude, recognize the truth about who God is and how he wants to bless and invest in me and make me his disciple, his apostle, his missionary to go out, to sow, to expand, to build his kingdom. How do you do that? Pray daily. Keep your conscience clean through confession at least once a month. It's a great Just constantly bringing what's in my heart where I do get off track, bringing it to the Lord and, and reestablishing that loving relationship with him. Study. Get to know my faith. Get to know the truth about God. Get to know the scriptures. Get to know the church's teaching. Like transform, as St. Paul says, your mind with the truth. Get to know our Lord and Savior. Stay connected to the line. All of that is that second step of having a right relationship with God, the source of all talents. And the third step, take one of those gifts or all of those gifts, put them at the service of others. Put them at the service of others. Give and serve others with the gifts. You invest them. Multiply them. When you give your gift to another, it can multiply because they can take that gift and also use it and multiply. He's left us his commandment to love one another, to live for others, to be that seed that falls to the earth and dies and multiplies. If not, if it doesn't do that, it just remains alone, just a grain of wheat. But if it does, if it does die, give itself away, the harvest is amazing and rich. Today, in this preparation of the, the year of the Eucharist as we're focused on the Eucharist. Today, Jesus will give us yet again that perfect example of self-giving, of taking all the talents that God had given to him, his divinity, and he didn't count them as something to be grasped or held onto or made self-referential, but he emptied himself on the altar, becoming a servant, right? Being born in the likeness of man, taking on our flesh so that he could redeem and save it, becoming a servant of ours to multiply the good God gave him five, tenfold, twenty, hundredfold, millionfold. So when we receive him in Holy Communion, let's promise him starting this week that we will take stock of our talents, we'll connect deeper with him, the source of those talents, and that we'll courageously invest those talents for our good and the good of the kingdom of Christ. Amen.